Yeah. Oak Town. Do you know about my city? Oak Town. The city of Oak. Oak Town. Oh, don't you know? Oak Town. Do you know about my city? Oak Town. The city of Oak. Oakland, welcome back to another episode of the A's of Diamonds. I am Luke and I'm here once again with Sam to talk about the A's outfield. The title of this show, this episode is going to be the A's in the outfield. It's beautiful. Um, I came up with that myself. Sam, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about the A's in the outfield? I'm feeling great. Uh, We were just talking we should make a movie. If it's not already existent, um, where we are the actors of, so you can be Loriano or something. I look I'll like be Loriano. You 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 look most like him. Yeah, I think. I think I look most like, like. Okay, if there's an A's player, pick an A's player, past or present, that you look the most like. Oh gosh. Um... <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. I, I think I look like uh, Josh Donaldson. Oh, no. Come on. I would have said Chad Pinder. <laughs> for me or for you? For you. Oh, I thank you. Is that is that a compliment? I don't know. You look I think like... I get, uh, who? Yeah, you go. Um, Martola Cologne. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Trevor Cahill. that's almost as bad (laughs) (laughs) wow thank you no you kind of look like matt olsen same body type you know i am a little bit like matt olsen (laughs) all right well the a's so we we've talked about the infield we talked about the pitching we haven't yet talked about the outfield we still need to talk about the offense and the bullpen and those are coming up soon but today it is the outfield, which is going to be fun. We got a lot of people to talk about for our outfield. We have a lot of outfield depth. Yeah, I mean, I was just looking. There are more names on the list than than we should talk about, at least. Um, and we were just kind of breaking it down. Who is actually relevant as an outfielder? Um, like one of the names on the list, Chris Davis played 1% of the time last year in left field. How many games was and that? Do you know? 1%? No, I don't. So Whatever 1%. The only thing that I know is if he played 1% of the time, that means he played like maybe 10 innings or 12 innings last year in the outfield. And he got hurt playing outfield last year. That's when he got hurt. Remember right around the extension time? And then he got hurt going for a ball over the wall in left field. And he was never the same again. So he played 12 innings in the outfield and he got hurt. He should never play defense. That's a, It's a little embarrassing. I mean, growing up, you know, in Little League, when you got assigned to go play outfield, it's because you were the worst one on the team. Left field. <laughs> right. Go play in left yeah. field. Left field was and, at least the best outfield one. Or when I you guess got right field, field is when you were <laughs> right. horrible. Right. Because there's zero lefties. Almost yeah. zero lefties in little league for some reason. So growing up, I mean, little, I mean, outfield always kind of sucked. I was like, I don't want to go play out. I'm never going to touch the ball ever. I wonder if those guys feel like that, you know, or they're like, Oh, you're an outfielder. I kind of, you must kind of suck. I kind of wish I was a second baseman. You know, they kind of always want to 
be moved up. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a little bit different in the uh, majors because there is such a thing as a good outfielder and there is such a thing as bad outfielders. Um, but I have often wondered, like, if you just pay attention to one player during the game, like take Loriano when he plays right field and you just watch the game focusing on him. And it's like, cool, how many times does he get the ball on defense? Three? Five? Maybe. Eight? I mean, like, maybe, right? And so it's like, okay, cool. So that was a three-and-a-half-hour game of you standing out there in right field, and you got the ball three times. Great work. Hey, that's more than I got it when I played right field. How do, you, how do you stay focused, though? Because you have to be ready when that ball gets hit out there that you have to get a jump on it and a read on it to be able to catch the ball. It's crazy that they can actually focus on a game sitting out there in outfield for so long. It's definitely probably something you have to kind of train. I mean, obviously you have to train for it, right? It's like you can very easily start zoning out, or at least I would. Yeah. Start looking into the stands or thinking about something else, worry about my big league chew, you know, whatever. I wonder how often that like a ball gets hit, not to them. Like, so if you're in right field and then it gets hit to center and gets caught and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that didn't come to me because I was not paying attention. Um, It probably doesn't happen very often, but it would happen to me. Yeah, absolutely would happen to you. Yeah. How far do you think? I mean, I was thinking about it today. So Loriano, he catches it center field at the fence and he throws it all the way to first base. That's probably like 300 feet yeah right how far could you actually throw a baseball do you think you uh 50 feet (laughs) how far is it from how far is it from the mound to home plate from first from home plate to first it's 90 feet right okay i could probably throw from from home to second but it would take all of my strength so you catch a fly ball at the at the center field fence and you would throw it, and it wouldn't even make it halfway to second base. <laughs> okay, wait, wait, hang on. Let me let me change that answer. There's no way. If I caught a ball, because I'm now I'm just thinking, like if I'm playing second base and I catch it right around the base, and I have to throw it home, I could definitely probably throw out a guy at home. I mean, it wouldn't be fast. It would really like <laughs> lob in there, but I could probably get it from second to home. You might not throw him out, but you might be able to get it there. Okay, so I bet I could throw it 200 feet. That's a lot. No, there's no way. 150, I don't know. (laughs) Not as far as some of these guys that we're going to talk about. Anyways, the point is it's very impressive what they do. The point is what they do is very impressive. And so let's talk about these guys. The the outfield's interesting. Like We talked about how good our infield is, how good our starting rotation is. Our outfield is, I would say, good. I don't know if it's great. So, um, I think, but it is, part, but it is deep. It. We have a lot of options. Right. And I think, yeah, I think parts of it are better than others, obviously. Um, it's interesting just going off one of the stats that I, I have found. Um, if you look at left field, Mark Canna and Robbie Grossman kind of, they were kind of evenly splitting up who was playing in left field. Okay. Um, I think Canna played, let me see, yep, 41% of the time. And Grossman played uh, 29% of the time, which is pretty even. Um, So I think it's kind of interesting that, but in center field, Loriano played 81% of the time. 
and in right field, Piscotti played 60% of the time. So it's kind of interesting that left field changes up like that a little bit more often. We definitely didn't change it. That was, that. No, I think it's because Piscotti is good enough that we had him in no matter. We didn't platoon him, right? Uh, he played no matter who was pitching. The same thing with Loriano. He played regardless of who was pitching. But that was not true for Grossman um, because he would kind of trade off with uh, Pinder and you said Marcana. Marcana was yeah. is interesting because he actually didn't trade off with Grossman really. Marcana played when he wasn't in left field. He played center, right? It's not like it was Grossman or Canna that played. Canna played a lot, and so he would go to the other outfield positions. Right. Grossman only played left, I think. Yeah, I guess Mark Canna also played thirty one percent in right field, so he was out there definitely most of the time. And he played center quite a bit. And he played center. Quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, yeah, Mark Hanna think... played all three. I, I think he might be the only one that played all three. Oh, no, Chad Pinder did. Chad Pinder played center, I think, a couple of times, maybe once or twice. Yeah, looks like that. Yeah, it's interesting. So I think left field is definitely kind of the wild card of it, right? Um, out of the three positions out there. At least Wait, from... Except for this, this year is going to be weird. So, it, so if... So what happened last year was Piscotti got hurt. Loriano started in center, right? And Mark right. Canna was kind of on and off in left field, and Piscotti was playing right field. That's kind of how we started. Um, and then at some point when Piscotti got hurt, Loriano actually moved to right field. Loriano played a lot of right field in the second half of that season last year. And yeah, Mark Canna yeah. took center field. And then that opened up the left field spot for Grossman, Pinder, and then Seth Brown at the end of the season when Seth Brown came up. Seth and so, yeah. so that was kind of the 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 way they split it there. But this year, like if Piscotti comes back and he's playing in right field, what does that do to the rest of it? Does that move Loriano back to center and Mark Canna back to left? Does Mark Canna go back to the bench because you put Grossman in left and you put Loriano in center? Does Loriano come to the bench? It's going to be interesting to see what they do with that. Right. I guess it's hard to um, kind of guess what's going to happen just based off of the injuries, right, that we saw last year. It's not not very predictable, I guess, is my point. Um, but, yeah, I imagine it's going to be Mark Canna. But, yeah, that could definitely change. It's but interesting. Man, he, he was hitting well, and he actually has – he. He played pretty well uh, in outfield, uh, in center field by the end of the season. Um, I was looking at some of his outfielder numbers. So it's funny. None of these guys are outstanding in all of the stats, right? Mark Hanna, if you look at like his ability to read a, a ball and get to it to catch it, um, he had like really quick reactions, but he's not fast. Mark Canna's not like a fast runner. Um, he was just quick to react to it, so he had good reads on on balls. Um, it's actually so an interesting like the, stat. Yeah, go ahead. Um, just looking at the putouts of the left fielders last year. Um, so according to this site I was looking at, Mark Canna played the most at left field, but out of all the players that played left field, he was. Um, fourth for the amount of putouts. So Robbie Grossman had 197 last season. Chad Pinder had 74. And Seth Brown and Mark Canna both had 23. So he was way below, you know, 
behind Robbie Grossman at left field and put outs, which is kind of uh, interesting. Yeah. Because he played a lot more. Yep. Huh. Loriano is totally different from Canna as an outfielder, right? Because he, he's kind of the opposite. I think he uh, he's really fast. He is really fast. He can get to balls that are kind of seem ungettable, which is cool. And then he has an amazing arm. Mark Canna has a pretty good arm, but not an amazing arm. Loriano has an amazing arm. What I thought was interesting, though, because we talked at the beginning of the season. Remember, Loriano kept throwing guys out, and everyone's like, mm-hmm. don't run on Loriano. And I'm like, shut up. Don't tell people. It's great that people try to run on him. Let's not... Let's not spread the news. Why are we Don't retweeting these Loriano highlights? Don't tell anyone. Because um, what ended up happening was he had a lot of uh, assists in the first half of the season, and then he didn't after that. Part of that is because he went to right field instead of center, so it's much harder to have an assist from like right field to, what, third? It's like pretty hard right. to do. Um, and then the other part of it was that he uh, – I think people just learned not to run on him. And so if you look at his number of outfield assists, he had 10 last season. That was that he did not lead the league in assists. No. Right? The not. the record for he the league was, was 14. He was in the top 3, I think, if I have Yeah, he was I mean, he was right. high he was up. Pretty there. high up there. Yeah. Yeah. But but early on it seemed like he was going to lead the league in assists, but then that that cooled right. down. I think this happens regularly, though, with young players. We talked about this for uh, batting. We also talked about it for pitching, that the second year of a player is the one that's really telling because that's when people start to learn about what you're doing. Um, For example, Seth Brown came up at the end of last season, right? This was his first last year. It was the beginning of his first year playing. He came up at the beginning of last season, and he only played 153 innings, so not that much compared to Loriano's 1,000 innings, right? Um, but in that time he had two outfield assists, which is on pace to have more assists than Loriano. Good point. But it's different, right? Cause Seth Brown was in left field. So it's, I mean, it's quote unquote easier to get an assist from left field than it is from center or from right field. The other part is that, Hey, nobody knows. Like if you have a young player coming up, of course, people are going to run on you. They're going to test your arm. Right, you're more likely to make a mistake right. there, um, and then if he kept on throwing people out, they weren't gonna keep running on him. So, I I get it, um, and I, I understand why Loriano, you know, he he had a lot of them at the beginning of the year, but didn't in the end. Um, I mean, he did, but he just didn't, not at the same rate that he had the first half of the season. Right. So what you're telling me is that we should stop talking about how good our players are, so that people will underestimate them. Yes, that's the whole idea. That's the we best should strategy just talk in baseball. About, we should just talk about how bad the A's are on this podcast. Spread the word. So that, right, so that the thousands of MLB fans that listen to this podcast are like, or the you know MLB players that are listening to this podcast think, wow, the A's the are horrible. Right, and the scout, all the different we people who listen to this try. podcast right now. Exactly. We can run on everyone because they all suck. See, that's the strategy. We're helping you out, Billy Bean. We're here for you. That's uh, interesting, though. I didn't really look at when I was looking at the assist numbers. I was like, "Dang, Loriano's way above everybody else on the team." Yeah, but he, he was. also played a ton more innings than everybody else. He did. Not so he had else, the he right. People. He had the most assists at ten. The second place on our team 
was Pinder with four. So significantly right. more. Um, he did play like twice the number of innings that Pinder did in the outfield. Yeah, that's interesting. Pinder played, if I have this correct, in right field he played 214. And in, yeah, 214 in right field. Okay. And then left field he played 304. So yeah. around, you know, 500 ish. Yeah. And Loriano was a little yeah, about over 1,000. Yeah. Right. But, but it makes sense Which because Pinder didn't play every game. He didn't start a lot, right? When Grossman was in, he didn't start. He did play infield sometimes. And so those are just his outfield inning numbers, not his total inning numbers. Um, there's a lot going on there. The thing that's great about Pinder is, is exactly that. He can play anywhere, and he's pretty good at it. I remember there were a few times that he played third base, and he looked good at third, and then he went and played first base, and he was like, hey, he can play first base. That's pretty cool. Um, and then he would go to the different outfield positions. It was kind of cool that he could go everywhere. That is the value of him and why you will see him on the roster, and he will play a lot this year, again, all over the field. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I feel like I think like they have tried to do that a little bit. I mean, I think we talked about that a little bit in a podcast a couple weeks ago is it looks like the A's try to get some players that could play multiple positions this offseason, right? I mean, I think we talked about it a little bit ago. Tony Kemp also could play outfield a little bit, and he did last year a little bit. Yeah, he and he, he like Pinder, is one that played all three outfield positions. He played left, right, and center. Last year for the Cubs, I think. So he played 143 innings in the outfield. He's And I looked at his numbers. I haven't seen him play outfield. But I looked at his numbers and they seemed I like they were fine. His wins above replacement was .1 in both center field and that's it. Just center field. In left field, it was zero. What do you know about uh, Piscotti being an outfielder? Is he good? Is he as good as we all think he is at it? Um, I mean, just looking at his numbers, I'm a big numbers guy. I like numbers. Kind of like Billy Bean. Um, Pisc- I mean, looking at his wins above replacement, he was the top guy for his position. But, I mean, he did play a ton. Um, at 1.4, which was, which was pretty average for the starting kind of or the most played uh or the people that played the most in this uh, outfield um i don't know i don't know if he's overrated i don't know if i would say that um but you do seem to hear a lot about um how awesome he is but looking at his numbers they seem pretty average compared to the other outfielders that's well, i think my take on it that that's what i was looking at um that, that, that was what I was looking at in the numbers, but that doesn't match with what my opinion of him was, is that he was really good at it. And so I was just trying to figure out, like, why? Like, why is that? Why, why was my opinion of him different than what it looked like in the numbers? The one thing that's positive in his numbers was uh, he has a high OAR outs above replacement. Um, so that's cool. I mean, but it didn't show up anywhere else. Like, he's not fast. He didn't have good reaction times. He... Uh, he didn't have any. He had zero errors, which is actually pretty good. Um, he did have zero. That's awesome. But only, uh, you know, but with 800 innings, he had two assists. That's how many assists Seth Brown had in 150 innings, right? 
But again, it's different because it's right field. It's not left field. Left field, you're throwing home and stuff like that. So, Right, so it's kind of hard because you kind of want to compare these different outfielders, but you would think, oh, right field, left field, it's kind of the same thing. We should be able to compare them, but it probably is a lot more different than we think. Right? Yeah. And so it's, it's kind of hard. So you kind of have to go by position, you know, judging... Piscotti versus Cannon in right field or versus Pinder in right field, right? Or so, versus Loriano, right? Or versus Loriano, whatever, right? So it's kind of hard awesome. to... Yeah. How awesome, though, was Loriano last year with some of those catches he was making? Man, that, that was honestly... I think, like, those highlights of just, like, seeing Loriano just throw someone off that was, you know, pop fly, throw it back to first... Those were like my favorite highlights of the whole season. That was incredible. Because no one no one expects it, right? It's like he's not going to throw me out from center field when I'm 10 feet off of first base. Right? Yeah. And then just like yes, Luke is. throws it, you know, 300 feet yeah. right back. And he's out, you know? like Dude, There was the uh, series last year against the Red Sox here. Remember that? where it was two games in a row, I think, where he yeah, threw out the same that. guy at home like to take the lead <laughs> late in the game. It was incredible. That was where everybody learned, right? Because that hit the highlights everywhere, and everyone's like, well, okay, I guess you don't go home when Loriano's got the ball um, because that was pretty early in the season. But that was amazing. He's just so quick. You know, like he catches the ball, and it's not like I just catch the ball, I kind of have to think. It's just like... Obviously, a good outfielder knows exactly what to do with it before the ball even hits his glove, right? But it's like the ball hits his glove and he's already in rotation to where he needs to be throwing it. Yeah. Right? It's like catch, think, oh, he's going home. I'm throwing it. It's like he is already like leaning towards throwing it home before the ball is even in his glove. And I think that's what makes him so quick. He uh, did, though, have – he did lead in errors, he did. I saw in the that. Field last year, um, he there were a couple times where he would make a bad read on a ball and he tried to go catch it instead of taking the bounce, and it would go past him to the wall. I, there were a few of those last year, where he like overestimated his ability. But I mean, that just comes with you know it was his first real season, and I don't think you'll see a lot of that this year. Right. So that's like one area where you think, man, maybe Stephen Fiscotti is you know, better than we think because he had zero errors, right? But maybe he's just not as much of a daredevil. You know who else <laughs> had zero Oriana. errors? Grossman, Robbie Grossman. I would have never guessed that Robbie Grossman played the second most innings in outfield for us last year. You're right. He played 976. 840-something. What? Oh, 976. No, what oh, yeah. No, I was, I was just looking at left field. Yeah, he played because he played right field too. Um, yeah. Yeah, and in that period also had zero errors. So uh, in terms of errors, those two numbers look really bad compared to Loriano's seven. Correct. And they played about the same amount. It's funny because I wouldn't have guessed that. Like when I think outfield, A's outfield from last year, I think Canna, Loriano, Piscotti, Pinder. And I know that Grossman played, but I would have never pegged him for being playing that much last year. Yeah, that's that's interesting. They played that many. Uh, I was just looking at the, the the amount of time played again, but it's interesting that he played that many um, 
that many innings. Yeah. Compared I mean, with other he's guys. Not, he's not the most uh, flashy player. Like he doesn't hit the highlight reels ever. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember a Grossman highlight from last year. I just don't. Um, but he was a smart player. Like he did also never made a mistake um, and just kind of did his job out there quietly. And then, I mean, of course he's in the game because he was a pretty decent batter and we'll talk about offense stuff in an upcoming episode, but that's why, you know, smart, smart defense, solid offense. So how, how much just kind of going another question off topic, how often do you think Tony Kemp will be seeing the outfield with these other guys kind of above him? I don't think so. I think he's like, if we need a lefty, because he bats left-handed, Kemp. Right. So it's like if we need a lefty in the lineup, he can play in the outfield. Um, I think that mostly he'll play at second base if he plays. Right. I think just, for him, yeah, I would rather go ahead. No. No, I was just gonna say it's interesting that he's not really known to be an outfielder, but he did play kind of all three positions. Yeah. Which it's kind of cool. It was good. No, it's great to have that in in your pocket. I mean, because we don't know. I mean, hate talking about injuries, but you don't know. Like, every year people get hurt, right? And they have to take time off. So it's good to have extra people that you can throw in, in the outfield that have experience doing it um, and have shown that they can do it well. All right. The, no, I mean, looking at... Oh, go ahead. The other one I was going to say that I would rather see out in the outfield this year is Seth Brown because he, he did come up last year and he looked really good. He just played in left field, right? Yeah. Okay. How many? He played 153 innings last year. Yeah, in 23. Which, I mean, he came up at the right. He came up at the end, right? Which is a lot. He actually played a lot last year at the end of the season. Right. I mean, compared to, yeah, he did. I mean, looking at his numbers compared to how many innings he played, they're pretty good, actually. Right. Right. Because if you look at his, like, outs above replacement, it's not going to be high. If you look at his assists, it's not going to be high. But you look at it compared to how much he played, and you're like, hey, actually, he was pretty good. One of his big, like, pluses was his batting. Because he was an amazing batter. Like, he hit a ton of home runs in AAA. I don't remember what the number was, but it was in, like, the 30s or something. Um, and so everyone expected him to come up to the majors and hit. And he hit zero home runs at the in those 23 games, which everyone, including him, was surprised at. And so I think with somebody that has that outfield potential, that had real solid outfield numbers, and then has the ability to hit home runs, would be a great person to add to our to our roster this year i i don't know like i don't expect him to start at the beginning of the season to be out there in the outfield but i do think that he's going to get significant time there this year that's my take on him no i think maybe he's just trying to throw people off you know kind of like what we were talking about oh brilliant that's a good plan i don't want to come in and hit home runs because the next season when i actually play more i'm gonna get different pitches you know thrown at me people aren't gonna you know when I'm playing outfield, people aren't not are not going to try to steal when I get the ball, you know. So maybe just trying to throw people off. It's brilliant. That? I did not, you know, I didn't. But the A's, they're really smart at this stuff, so I'm sure they did think right. that. Like just suck at batting, or don't hit any home runs. Next season, hit as many as you want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's right. So I'm excited to see him play this season. Me too. We got a lot of good outfielders. I mean, we just talked about seven guys. Mark Canna, Loriano, Piscotti, Pinder, Grossman, Seth Brown, Tony Kemp. We got a lot of guys that can play outfield. And then we actually have a handful that aren't on that list that are potential outfielders, um, you know, in, in AAA. And we're not going to go through that list. But they're, they're, this is definitely where we're the deepest. We talked about the infield and talked about how, you know, like there's a lot of those spots locked up between Chapman, Simeon, and Olsen. And then second base was kind of a question mark. But we weren't that deep there, right? Like we just know that, and we don't need to be. Like we don't, we just know those guys, right? You have Pinder as a backup. You have Barreto. You have Tony Kemp, and you have a couple, like Noisy, right? But right. in the outfield, it's just we have we have six guys that can really play, like our above average outfielders, um, which is great. That's a great place to be, even if you don't which have I like think, an all star outfielder, right? Which I think makes this look better than it kind of seems when you first look at it. I mean, from at the beginning of this episode, we were like, you know, it seems average, like an average outfield, like pretty good, not great, not, you know, anything fantastic, but kind of looking at the depth of it, it's like, no, it actually is pretty good. There's no holes in it, right? You don't, you don't look at no. anywhere in the outfield and think, man, if we just had a right fielder, like we don't have that. If anything, we have the other direction where it's like we have four real full-time outfielders and we're not sure where to put them which is a good problem to have i guess absolutely no i'm excited i think it'll be good i think yeah i think it's definitely better than it looks just looking at like stats because of the depth so who do you think is going to be our starting three in the outfield come opening day okay loriano for sure i think he'll get the start um I wanted to say Piscotti right and Cannon left. Yeah, I think those are going to be my top three. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? I think, well, we don't know yet if Piscotti's going to play, right? Because he's currently injured. Um, they said that hopefully he'll be back for the start of the season, but we don't know. Um, right. But let's assume that he's ready to play. Because if he's not, then it's obvious, right? You put Loriano in right, you put Mark Cannon in right. you put Grossman in left. Um if he is healthy and ready to play, though, I do think Piscotti gets right field in that case, which means Lorian is going to move over to center because he makes more sense in center than left field. Yep. And then the left field position is a question mark between Grossman and Canna. And I actually think in that case it would go to Grossman um, and maybe even platoon that. Was that. That's not the right word. Is that the right word? Platoon. Weird. You've said it a few times today. I like it. That's the word, but it does for some reason it's not sounding right coming out of my mouth. I don't know. Um, is it plantoon? <laughs> I think you're thinking of plantain. Uh, platoon. That's it. It's not platoon. <laughs> it's platoon. Now it sounds really dumb. If you say a word enough and it sounds stupid, that's this word right now. Um, but I think it's going to be Grossman. That's my guess. I guess we'll find out. Maybe we should do a little poll on uh, on the Twitter. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. We will do that. All right. Well, this was good. Uh, excited about the outfield. Excited about this upcoming season. We're going to talk next about the uh, offense, and then we'll talk about the bullpen. If you haven't listened to our infield or our starting rotation episodes, you should go check those out. We break down those positions as well and the players that are there. Um, and we'll do we'll do some more coming up. Thank you for listening. Also, it's been really cool. 
Sam, I don't know if you know this, but we actually have a pretty good uh, following here listening to the show today. Um, and it's really? pretty, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. It's picking up pretty fast. Nice. We've only been doing this a week. You know, the numbers are growing pretty quick. The word's spreading on this. We've actually gotten a, a handful of people reaching out to us with questions and comments and those things, which is really cool to see on Twitter. That's like the best part of this whole thing is interacting with you guys. Um, and so that, that's been a lot of fun. So if you have questions, if you have thoughts, if you have comments, if you want to participate, send us a DM us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at the A's of Diamonds. Um, go for it. Uh, find us on there. You can email us, A'sofdiamonds at gmail.com. I don't know. What else, Sam? I, I just think, you know, this is for the A's fans. This is not for us to just be talking about the A's to fill our time because we're, you know, don't have anything to do. I, yeah, I for, have tons to do. I don't have any free time. Right. Right. So I think we, I mean, this is just for, for you guys. So like Luke said, if you guys have any questions, you have anything to say, I mean, shoot us, you know, t uh, tweet at us, DM us, whatever, and we'll try to talk about it or get back to you guys individually. So yeah, this is all about, all about the A's community, not just us three talking about the A's. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Go rate us on Apple Podcasts. That's the best one to rate us. Five stars if you like us. Uh, five stars if you don't. And we'll talk again next time on the A's of Diamonds. Do you know about my city? The city of old. Oh, don't you know? Now let's take a little trip down memory lane. My brothers played nothing but the big game. East 14th and 73rd. That's where the slang is hung tight, selling birds. And if you go to Brandy Park, don't get caught slipping, clipping, pumping the caps a little bit.